Hey there, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Broadway show Uncut, the podcast where we have great conversations with Broadway's brightest stars. On this episode, we're talking all things Phantom because it is a bittersweet Broadway anniversary. Phantom of the Opera just celebrated its 35th anniversary at the Majestic Theater in New York City, but you've only got a few more months to check it out. The musical now slated to wrap April 16th, and Ben Crawford is Broadway's final Phantom. We had a chance to talk. Well, let's talk about April 16th. It's getting closer, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. How you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, um, it's bittersweet. Um, I think the cast is in one way excited to be a part of the closing cast, but I think also it's, you know, sad that uh, uh, an era of Broadway is ending. Um, and I think we're all still on a daily basis wrapping our heads around that and all the facets that it affects us. Yeah, I mean, I think New York as a whole is going to do that, right? It just, it's, that's just kind of a, a plate you go by and it's the it's Phantom. Phantom is there and exactly. that's, that's what you know. Um, there's been a lot of history though with this show and, and let's talk just a little bit about it. Oh, first of all, Crawford, beginning and ending with Crawford's. That's kind of interesting. Oh, that's kind of crazy. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. My dad pointed that out to me the day we got our closing notice. I was talking to my dad and he pointed that out. He's like, well, it started with a Crawford and it's going to end with one. And I thought, oh, well, that's, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think? I mean, it's, it's been a, an incredible ride. You've been here for a long time. Um, are there any pivotal things that really stand out for you? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, we just, just celebrating the 35th anniversary was, was pretty amazing. Um, I mean, personally, the, the days that like my press shots came out when I was fully dressed as the Phantom, um, you know, uh, moments, my daughter just came and saw the show. Um, and that was just wow. really, really cool to have her in the audience and be able to see the show. I mean, she's five. She didn't really know what was going on, but, um, she was like, that's daddy. And I saw her like blowing me a kiss after the show. So there's like oh, all those wow. little like daddy moments that yeah. you really just keep in your heart. Yeah. That's incredible though. Has she come since? Has she seen it one time so far? She's just seen it once okay. and you know she actually fell asleep in the final scene oh. and then and then <laughs> okay. I was thinking. It's the, okay. Yeah. She's allowed. Yeah she's absolutely allowed yeah but the the audience applauded on my final note and she woke up and went there's daddy so <laughs> she was into it yeah she was into it enough for me. She, she knew you were there. Yes. Um, and you know a history on stage as well um, with your co-star being the first black actress to play that role. Talk a little bit about that night, because that was really incredible all around, not it, just for here at the, at the theater. Absolutely. It was it was pretty amazing, and Emily is a, an amazing ambassador for that moment. Mm -hmm. um, she's a phenomenal performer, actress, singer. Um, I expect a lot of great things from her. It, it's fun being um, the older guy now right. uh, at, at, at a show and seeing like young talent come up and just like the next wave of people who are going to define what Broadway is. And um, being in that moment and is just an honor, really, to, to be on that stage with her as she she made history that night. But I, I expect great things from Emily, and I'm so incredibly proud of her. All right, what are you going to miss the most about coming? I mean, your life is you know, the Phantom, so your life kind of is built around this show right now. Absolutely, yeah. Um, probably just the experience of, of playing this iconic character. And it just it all encapsulates kind of into being the masked man. Um, you know, there's things that I'm definitely looking forward to, not you know, having to do because it is so difficult. But, the, you know, when it comes to playing this part, it's just I'm so fortunate and blessed to be able to do this and then to be able to close the show is a, a pretty incredible honor, too. Uh, it's hard to imagine what that night's going to be, what that last week, I guess, is going to be like. I, I can't wrap my head around it. I, I wonder sometimes, like, in moments, you know, thoughts come into your head. And you're like, what's this going to be the final time? You just 
I don't know. I don't want to think about it. It's like that, you like, no, nah, we're not, not going to. Because they extended it for a little bit, which was, was nice to hear. Yes, yes. So, you know, we were actually, it was originally like mid-February. So it was, you know, but we've got a couple more months now. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, we're all grateful for the extra time to be able to be here and make some more memories with each other. And, um, yeah, but that final night, I don't want to think about it too much. You don't yet. have to. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be a special night too, though, because it is it is a historic night. It is you're you know you're you're going down in history. When they say something's going down in history, you're literally going down in history. Yeah, it's an amazing. You know, Phantom it just it's permeated pop culture for so sure. long. I mean, I think there's people who you know don't typically come to see Broadway shows, but they come see Phantom of the Opera because it does have that presence in pop culture, and so um, it really is like one of those defining moments of an end of an era in a way. So um, I'm interested to see how Broadway is affected with it closing sure. and you know what sure. what the next steps are in Broadway with this iconic musical taking its final bow. I'm curious where, what do you draw from for that character because that's a different type of character not only just so iconic but it's just a different character altogether what do you, where do you, do you draw from different parts of your life different people different moments? Um, you draw from a lot of places I mean I, I think as an actor sometimes you you know, you obviously you're like, well, how would I feel in this situation? Or do sure. I have a situation? I don't really have a situation that's similar to this part. But you have moments and emotional moments in your yeah. life where you feel like, you know, I was a weird kid growing up and I, you know, a silly guy who felt left out sometimes and, you know, was kind of a loner sometimes. And so I guess you can, you know, reach onto that. And, you know, I love reading comic books and things like that. And so one of the things like coming into creating the characters, it's like, well, what is he like? Is he like maniacal, like, like the Joker? Is he, you know, scared? like a like the beast and beauty and the beast like where does it like all come together and I think you you know you play on that on those on those things that you have from experience and then you play the part for it'll be like three and a half years for me and you just obviously the character changes sure. and, and goes through and you know new people you perform with give you different ideas and make you want to react differently to situations and you know then your director comes in and is like don't do that so there's all kinds of like fun whoever gave like, you that thought lose it yeah yeah I get I get like are you dancing with the doll at the end of the show <laughs> Ben don't do that and they're like I don't think anyone else has ever done that I have like fun records here they're like but no one's ever done that Ben you know so I like to keep those in my heart too. You, you can keep those in your heart. That's okay. Uh, it, it is a fine line of making uh, of having the um, the character not be too cartoonish, you know, because you, you're you're talking about that. But there is a, a fine line of of playing a character quite so unique. Yeah, he. You know, he's he's been alone for so long, sure. so he's not really going to have the utmost of humanistic mannerisms right. in a lot of ways. Right. So you can kind of play on that. I think also one of the ways that the, the show is just put together so well is there is a lot of space to create mm -hmm. the character, um, which I think also is one of the reasons it's run for so long is because the audience has space to put what they think into the show as well. So it really kind of opens the show up for that artistic interpretation. And as long as you're connecting the dots, um, you know, I think that you can, you know, serve the character justice. Um, so what, what, was the, what was the first time you saw Phantom actually? Um, gosh, it was probably around 2014, I think. Okay. And I was actually auditioning for the show. I was auditioning for one of the managers, so I decided I should probably see it. Um, so I came and saw Hugh Panero perform as the Phantom, and mm -hmm. he was awesome. And now he's actually a friend of mine. Oh, that's great. I watched him perform, and then uh, now he, you know, I got the part, and he was, you know, giving me advice and stuff about, about what advice? It. What, what what is advice from one Phantom to another? Uh, 
You know, the, the big thing he told me was to make sure you keep your window open in the dressing room during the winter because it gets really hot. And <laughs> okay. then he also said um, to like worry about like prosthetic placement and stuff like that just when it comes to like singing and um, So what do you have to do? Would the you put voice. the mask in a certain uh, Well, you know, we have the prosthetics underneath sure. with the ball cap and stuff. And so it was just about like um, the placement of that. And he was just like, just like... I was just always really like careful about where I put that, and so it's something that I've definitely thought about um, while playing the role. That's cool advice. Yeah. All right, who do we have here? Uh, this is Ruthie Two, mm -hmm. and uh, she is named after Hal Prince's assistant director. Um, she is uh, pretty awesome. She comes down every night uh, right before intermission, and I have had the uh, privilege of sitting in these seats oh, wow. during a, during a put-in rehearsal yeah. and have looked up and watched her drop down and then swoop over the audience. It's one of the coolest experiences because you're like, is this, is, this is gonna move, right? Or am I, <laughs> am I done for? I, I don't know. Um, it's an amazing to just to sit down here and be able to experience that, I think, in, in, in a Broadway show as well. It's just like a really cool moment. Well, it's just such a moment that ever, everyone knows, even if they've never seen Phantom before, they, they know the chandelier. Absolutely. Yeah, and um, you know, the, the first time I got introduced to Phantom was actually through my grandparents, um, who I remember they took a road trip with their friends to go see Michael Crawford in it in mm -hmm. LA at the Pantages Theater. I'm from Arizona, so they mm -hmm. took like an eight hour road trip. And then I remember when the show toured and came to Tucson, I remember them telling me all about it. And they're like, wow. and this chandelier just falls down oh, and swoops okay. over the audience. So it's just like, you know, these, these connections that you don't really, you think are awesome and then you play the Phantom and you're like, oh my gosh, it's just incredible <laughs> that it was such a big part of like their lives too. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a special story. Yeah, it's pretty I cool. Like hey, well, let me ask you something. Is there anything in particular about this, this theater? You, you can see people. I mean, I feel like this is a pretty close theater. Do you see people's faces? I know you see the, the front few rows, but can you see everything or do you even pay attention? Um, I can't, you know, it's interesting, like if I'm up um, in the Angel, yeah. sometimes I can like look out, I can see like what seats have people in them and yeah. that kind of stuff, but um, it's really kind of hard to make out faces, but um, you know, sometimes you see, uh, you know, people with their, uh, their cameras oh. and things like that. <laughs> um, and sometimes you can hear the crinkling don't of- Don't do that. Uh, yeah, don't do that. You can see hear the crinkling of uh, chip bags and things like Oh gosh. Like that. So, you know, <laughs> Broadway. <sorry. laughs> Live theater. And you heard Ben mention her name in his interview, Emily Kawachu. She's the first black woman to play Christine in Phantom. She talked to Charlie Cooper. Right. So Emily, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. We're really excited just to be in your presence. The first yeah. first black person, woman to play Christine and Phantom. Yeah. What's that feel like for you? I mean, it's just it's insane. Like I I keep having to remind myself that this is happening cuz sometimes you know you get like so caught up in the show that you're doing and you know the eight show weeks and how hard it is and I, I really appreciate you saying that because like yeah it, it is a big moment and um, I really am just like grateful that I have like a lot of support around me because it hasn't been you know the easiest ride um, there's been a lot of days where I felt like you know I don't know if I, I deserve to be here um, and that just comes with you know just like the imposter syndrome of it all and the pressure. Um, but I'm really grateful to have people who support me and who lift me up and help me realize that like, yeah, you deserve to be here. You are the first black Christine. So I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, that's, 
I mean, enormous, an, an enormous role to take on. And I know yeah. that you auditioned for the understudy role, what, twice before you actually got it. Yeah, like um, a couple times, yeah. yeah. What drew you to that role and what had you coming back? Um, I, I had been, you know, dreaming of me being in this role since I was in college. Um, and I think what resonated the most with me was that I felt like Christine was a character that, you know, goes through a journey of growing into her womanhood. And that story has always resonated with me. Um, also, the music is just freaking amazing. You know, Andrew Lloyd Webber's score is insane. So I've always wanted to sing it. I've always wanted to tell that kind of story. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just happy to be able to. Yeah, I know you talked about the sense of imposter syndrome now that you have stepped into this role full time. Um, are there any people in the industry who you look up to who remind you that, no, you do belong here? Yeah, I mean, people I look up to are, you know, Heather Headley and Audrey McDonald. Um, and people currently in the industry, Brittany Johnson has been a great support for me. She's the first black Linda on Broadway. And, you know, I, I see people who are doing this and who are thriving um, and who are standing in their truth. And it inspires me to do the same, so. Yeah, what I love about this moment for you is the fact that obviously we know Broadway um, tends to be predominantly white and old. Mm. And we're putting this new face um, on this character who people love. You know, it's an iconic show. People yeah. know it. They understand it. And for a long time, they saw this face um, <laughs> that didn't look like yours. And now you're allowing people to kind of see that characters can be played by different people. Um, can you kind of speak on that and just the representation there as well? Yeah, um, I think people had like a very specific idea of who Christine was. You know, she was a white woman with brown hair and um, it, I think um, the beauty of me stepping into this role is that like she, her, it, the Christine, Christine lives in like the spirit and it lives in like how you tell her story. It's not the way she looks. So um, I'm really, I, I'm an advocate for like anyone who, who can embody Christine's spirit, who brings something new to the table um, to be able to inhabit that role because it shouldn't it shouldn't be based on you know your skin color yeah, so, yeah. I imagine the majestic is like your second home now yeah it is it really <laughs> is what's uh, a mandatory thing that's in your green room that gets you um, ready for the for the show each night I not gonna lie, I'd be going to Schmackeries like every single day. I know that's probably bad, but like I have to. It's my like kryptonite. Um, I love cookies. I also love getting like a warm drink before a show. Um, doing some like yoga. I have like these really pretty like lights that actually Megan Pacerno gave to me before she left. Um, that kind of call me before the show, so I turn those on for like a couple minutes before I go on stage. Um, and yeah, those are kind of my things. Yeah, how do you so. prepare your um, body and your vocals? I know there's a lot of singing. You're hitting a lot of high notes over a long period of time. Um, so how do you prepare yourself before show days? Um, you, I warm up for about like 20 minutes, like really not that long. It really is just about getting the rest the night before, you know, after the show, I love to just like go home and like cool down and make sure I'm getting my eight hours, drinking a lot of water. And then I feel like when I wake up in the morning, I feel ready to go. You know, if I don't do those things, then 
honestly, it doesn't matter how much I warm up. I'm not going to be as, you know, as ready for the show as um, I can be. So. so, yeah, talk to me about how you're making this Christine your Christine and really, like, standing in this role. Um, I really want to, like, emphasize Christine's um, arc and make sure you see her go from someone who is um, impressionable, naive, extremely young in spirit to someone who although she is still like the same age that is someone who grows into herself into her body even in the way i stand towards the end of the show is so different from the way um i carry myself at the beginning of the show um and i really want that like arc of womanhood to be seen um in christine so yeah, yeah. kind of a silly question so i know christine is the phantom's love interest mm -hmm. right um if you're creating a dating profile for christine give me a one-liner Oh my Sell God, poor Christine. Sell her to us. It would be something like, like sings like a bell, but like, <laughs> like gets down and dirty or whatever. Like something really, <laughs> is that okay to say? I love it. It would be something really corny and cute like that. Like sings like a bell, but also like has a sassy side or whatever. <laughs> I love that. And um, last one for the little girls who look like you, um, what do you hope that they see through seeing you on stage and really just killing it in this role? I just hope they're just like inspired and just to like be themselves um, and inspired to just like pursue whatever dream they want and not let anyone tell them otherwise. Um, I just, yeah, I really, I really hope that that's what people take away. And when I see, when I go to the shows and I see people in the audience who look like me, who are like looking up at me with like those eyes, it literally just, it's so encouraging. Um, so I hope I, I do the same, I encourage them. Well, that's going to do it for us. Join us next week on the podcast. I'll be talking to Broadway's Alexander Hamilton, Miguel Cervantes. Until then, I'm Tamsin Fidel, and this is the Broadway show Uncut. Uncut.